This is the Gifted Kid Complex, the show where the panelists were gifted kids who refused to move on with a satirical take on intellectual elitism by having the most tongue-in-cheek, inane, pedantic, and convoluted conversations every week. Introducing your host this episode, her burnout is imminent, it's TSC! The script says insert tagline, so that's my tagline. Wow. Um, and every other episode, <laughs> she's ambitious to the point of hubris. Jesse. I am ready to rumble. <laughs> okay, we love the alliteration because, you know, this episode has a lot of alliteration in it. Oh, I didn't know. You've set it off really well. Look, we're so in sync already. Um, Excellent. Each panelist here today has experienced gifted kid syndrome in some way. Jed, do you want to summarize how you found yourself where you are? Yeah, so I am a philosophy student at University College London. I did maths by the maths, philosophy and literature at A-level. It was just kind of jack of all trades. And here I am now making content. <laughs> that sounded so disparaging. Content creation's hard. I am making content. I never said it was a bad thing. <laughs> that is true. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I do history at Oxford. It's a BA. I did IB and I did history, English and um, music, which is really far from the topic we're going to go in today in this podcast. I'm so excited to hear whatever it is you've cooked up. Yeah, so the podcast gives me a little outlet for sciencey things that I've been curious about for a little while. What? We're going to go into quote. We're going to go into the quote. <laughs> okay. Um, it's going to summarize exactly what we're going to talk about. Excellent. And the quote is from this um, lovely essay called uh, A Cyborg Manifesto, written by Donna Haraway. And it's published originally in 1985, but the edition that I've cited in the show notes is from 1991. And the quote is, why should our bodies end at the skin or include at best other beings encapsulated by skin? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this is some philosophy of mind, personhood oh, bullshit yeah. going on. It's that too, but it's a manifesto for cyborgs. So oh. um, this episode will be talking a little transhumanism. <laughs> you might not have written an episode okay. on this too. <laughs> I did it. Okay, good. So we're good. The first thing I noticed about Cher were her tattoos. Oh. <laughs> so the original title for this episode is Tattoos and Transhumanism. <laughs> um <laughs> This is, you know, this is the result of me after reading Judith Butler and Italo Calvino at the same time. Oh, a great combination. Yeah. It's about like, kind of like, you know, beings encapsulated by skin and what goes on skin? Tattoos. Wow. So crazy. Um, <laughs> Hold on. For those of you who don't know, and if, especially if you're listening to the audio format of this podcast, um, by the way, you can go watch the video episodes on YouTube if you're interested to see our faces yes, as we're doing this. that. I am covered in tattoos. Mm -hmm. I do have quite a number. I don't have just like one on my wrist and it's like a small Pinterest yep. thing. There's a thing happening on my skin. You have a QED. I do. <laughs> the middle between your collarbones. Yeah, so I have two floral collarbone pieces and nestled in between them, betwixt the flowers, says QED. Quad erat <laughs> demonstrandum. Because I love maths. I love logic. I love proofs. <laughs> And yeah. that is something I decided to commemorate on yeah. my body in ink. Yeah. So basically this episode is about how we kind of contend with being in our own bodies through the feeling of skin. <laughs> this is a horrifying premise for an episode. I just like to say I'm so excited to see where you take this. What, when I was thinking about <laughs> it is like there's a real kind of gulf between what we think like our kind of 
powers of thought, consciousness, mm. sentience. Cher has better words for this, but um, as a philosopher, but um, I don't. I don't know. I think I lose <laughs> all of my vernacular the moment I'm put on the spot. <laughs> the moment enough. it's like, hey, sound educated about something, I immediately. The notorious reason why I did not make it into Cambridge, I, I just completely blanked. You know, that's probably not your fault. I, I don't know. But anyway, here I am. UCL is great. We love UCL. Um, I love UCL. I, so many of my friends at UCL, including Cher. Anyway, so the kind of consciousness bit and then also the feeling of touch, which is so kind of tangible and then intangible. So tattoos mm. and transhumanism. That's very cool. Also how we use technology to kind of... Well, I've written express our worldliness or script ourselves in some way, like with code script or with art. How do you define transhumanism? It's essentially a philosophical and scientific movement. And it advocates the use of like various technology, like um, AI or maybe genomics or um, engineering of some kind of the body maybe like implanting metal like chips or things like that into our brains or into our bodies but also it can refer to things like IVF so in vitro fertilization um, and lots of other things uh, that now science is working on to augment kind of human ability which is Mm. of course fraught with ethical problems but I think tattoos can kind of be counted perhaps as part of it because it's part of the modification of the body functional modification it helps in some way um and it's interesting and tattoos are a great way of kind of like expressing yourself or just putting things that you like on your skin to look at they're great i'm interested to find out where the borders are for example lasik say you get eye surgery yeah Yeah. does that count i think it probably falls under healthcare rather than like augmenting the human condition okay There's probably also some element of like, I don't know how necessary it is, but I think in the modern kind of condition, we're looking at like augments or cyborg parts that aren't necessarily kind of important for us to function as beings. And what about, what about people who have um, prosthetics? Those are for healthcare. Which is why it's strange because at some point it's also a part of the future, but it's also kind of part of what we've already been using to live. Everything's very hazy the moment you try to draw lines around them. Yeah, it is. Which is what we find repeatedly every time we try and come up with a definition for literally anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think transhumanism is better described as a bit of a, a movement or like a paradigm in scientific thought that we've been debating rather than like a circumscribed thing. And it's to do with modification of the body in some way okay interesting technology can mean many many things oh it can wheels if you wanted to become a human rollerblade or human hot wheels are we gonna talk about um simple machines <laughs> i always wanted you know the heelys <laughs> when i was a kid like the the roller like the sneakers with the wheels at the oh. bottom. what if i just fundamentally like modified my feet so that i could like heely around just whenever i wanted That'd be really funny. It's interesting that you bring up wheels because notoriously wheels are one of the things that we cannot naturally evolve. It's just yeah. never going to happen for obvious reasons. They they have to be detached. You need like an axle and there's like a, a whole bunch of components that define a wheel. I guess if you somehow affixed wheels to a body, that is the peak of what you're talking about today. I was a Helu's kid. Yes. I think I was fucking annoying <laughs> i would kind of zoom around malls i'd be a menace 
I'd be such a menace. <laughs> you would not be able to contain me. Well, I was walking outside UCL. So there's kind of like a row of little buildings, where, especially where the philosophy um, classrooms are. And I'm not going to name drop him. He was fully just healing down <laughs> outside UCL. Absolutely goaded. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a certain age, right? Where it starts being a bit strange that you're still using Healy's. And I really respect, or I'm terrified of the people who completely just do not respect that, that unspoken age. <laughs> anyway, so we've, we've, we've derailed. Um, we've de-Healy'd somewhere. We've Healy'd somewhere else. <laughs> That's the word of the day. <laughs> That's the word of the day, de-Healy'd. Also Healy's, right? If I attach Healy's to my feet, where do I end? Where did the Healy's begin? Yes. So that brings us to the game. <laughs> perfect segue <laughs> oh yeah i've thought this through the whole healy bit was scripted guys the whole the whole thing Just... <laughs> we're gonna healy on into the next segment if this becomes a running bit it wouldn't be a running bit it'd be a rolling bit it'd be a rolling bit <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i've picked the game is trust me i was smart once and it is the game of deception imposter syndrome and light-hearted intellectual snobbery although i think this is pretty heavy-hearted but anyway that's fine <laughs> i will be presenting a wikipedia article and this article may or may not exist if i manage to convince share <laughs> that it's real when it's fake or fake when it's real i win and i'm gonna win and you are going to win <laughs> <laughs> and i can't just make up something if it's already true and um so fake articles have to be completely and totally fictitious so alleged article is for self-transcendence and there's that's self hyphen transcendence and it's a personality trait oh <laughs> <laughs> it applies people who can expand their sense of self to the rest of the universe so essentially they ascend they astral plane so this is the wikipedia article for astral planing great there's a whole bunch of psychologists there's citations for this oh yeah <laughs> there absolutely are are they genuine and legitimate citations <laughs> i'll let you decide because you've got to decide whether this article okay. is real or fake okay okay um <laughs> diegetically within the canon of what you're spinning for me here mm. Are these citations fair? Yes. Okay. This has changed things. <laughs> Victor Frankl. Maslow. Oh wait, so this isn't this isn't one guy who like went off on no. kind of a little trip no. and decided to come up with something insane. Lots of psychologists have collaborated on the concept <laughs> of astral planning, aka self-transcendence. This is okay. Um sure. And it's a major theory of personality. This is major? This is a major theory? It's major. It's huge. What do you mean by that? Um, prominent. Oh, okay. So this is a well-known thing that yeah. many respected individuals in the field are taking seriously. Yep. Taking seriously being a key word here. They've got like a, a scale to measure it and stuff. They have a scale? It's got like um, five points. And like an inventory, it's got like a whole bunch of like uh, dichotomies between like the person and like the environment. If this is real, I need to do this. We we, we to do a bonus episode of us doing the uh, the scales. <laughs> <laughs> if this is real, that is absolutely something we are doing. Yes. 
a big concept in existentialism is transcendence but it doesn't mean what you're referring to right now dude psychologists were wild wait when was this probably 1930s 40s is anyone currently still talking about this in any kind of serious way you know the wikipedia page has a lot more history than it has modern usage right (laughs) so it's kind of just no one's really taking it seriously anymore is this a thing that's supposed to be applicable to everyone or is this kind of like a this is a select few chosen (laughs) select few special individuals who can astral plane (laughs) to be self-transcendent are there like subtypes yeah oh go into the subtypes let's go all right so you have the capacity to expand your your yourself intrapersonally so towards yourself and interpersonally to others and also temporally for for past and future and like across time and also i think interdimensionally you know whatever i say it's not going to be about whether this thing is true. It's going to be about whether I think it's a real Wikipedia article. <laughs> if I if I decide that this is a real Wikipedia article, I am not at all, and I want to make this very clear, I am not at all assenting to whether this is a genuine concept. <laughs> oh, you know what it's kind of like? It's like those um people who are talking about shifting now. Oh. Days. You know that thing? You know, that might be it. This is reminding me of that. I, I think all of this is bullshit, but and I think it's really ha- uh, harmful to, you know, convince other people that this is a thing you can genuinely do. Um, I, I, I try not to be disparaging about people's <laughs> beliefs, but if your beliefs are genuine batshit, you <laughs> will 100%. Okay, so do you think this article is real or fake? I think... There's a very high chance this is a real thing. 1930s, those people were doing some crazy shit. They were cooking up some crazy shit. It's a weird time for people to be doing anything academic in the 1930s. Or is this just an absolute figment of my imagination and just me inventing an article about astral planning? Regardless of whether you made this, this is definitely a thing that people have talked about. (laughs) Not necessarily in the way that you're framing it. Like, this is kind of like a weird mix of, like, achieving enlightenment. Nirvana. Um, you know, escaping samsara. Then developing the ability to shift <laughs> TikTok style. I will make the tentative claim that this is a real Wikipedia article. Yeah, it is. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's insane. <laughs> Um, it will be in the show notes. Holy the shit. Yeah. So I can go into it a bit more. <laughs> um, yes, please. So it's a personality trait, including like potentially experiencing spiritual ideas. I feel like it shouldn't be called a personality trait at that point. This is Frankl's definition of it. Sure. The essentially self-transcendent quality of human existence renders man a being reaching out beyond himself. okay just silence after that just like okay <laughs> do you have more to tell me robert cloninger cloninger i don't know how to say his name anyway he had a thing called a temperament and character inventory okay and it's one of the character dimensions assessed in it oh and it's also assessed with a self-transcendence scale and the adult self-transcendence inventory 
neither of which have any explanation in the Wikipedia article itself. Do you, did you have any further citations for those things? It just leads back to the same article about self-transcendence. Oh, so that's cool. It's a, it's a citation loop, as it were. Yep. No credibility there. Did you find the primary sources? Um, I had a look at Frankel and some of the stuff in the Wikipedia, and it all looked a little bit like bullshit. <laughs> this is why Wikipedia is not a source. But anyway, um, I can't believe this is real. Uh, I remember, like, I was reading down the transhumanism page um, for something. I was just reading down it in Wikipedia just to, you know, have a look. I see this, and I go, oh my god. What is yeah. this? <laughs> this shit on Wikipedia, folks. <laughs> It would be perfect. <laughs> um, I think partially the fun of this game is just finding absolutely ridiculous sounding things on the internet and just... Oh yeah, when you said self-transcendence, truthfully I thought you were going to say something like it is a self-help book written and released in 2013. No. Frankel has a whole essay on it in the Journal of Humanistic Psychology. Lovely. Cloninger, Cloninger, sorry, has, sorry to any psychologists, um, has his five-factor model of personality, which is apparently quite real. He's a pretty big, you know, well-known psychologist. Ha! Huh. If you think about it, if you have the ability to, like, you know, transcend, then does it really matter what skin you're in? Or, like, what parts of- Oh, absolutely not. Duh. That is completely contingent, though, on whether you can do that. Exactly. <laughs> So in philosophy of mind, we have like very, very broadly and very reductively, I am saying this, okay, this is a very simplified version of what I'm about to describe. So there's kind of a scale of monism. So basically there's one thing, there's one substance to dualism. There's two things. Yeah. These are the basics. There are many other theories. There are many other that don't really fit on that scale, but for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to be describing those. So at the monism side, you have things like materialism, physicalism, which is that there's only physical stuff. There's only the body yeah. and whatever you think is mental stuff is just physical phenomena. Yeah. Then you have all the way on the other side, substance dualism, for example, where like the mind is a real substance and the body is a real substance and they're completely distinct from each other. Then you have things in the middle, which is kind of what I believe. I I kind of myself a property dualist so I believe that mentality is a property of physical matter I'm also a panpsychist I could go into that at some yeah. other point um, but basically what I think mentality is in the universe is that it is existing in all matter in different and different arrangements of matter are more conducive to yes. more developed or more complex manifestations hence like you have rocks that don't really seem to think in yeah. any meaningful way then you get to your proteins that replicate themselves which is weird like it's weird that they know how to do that um and that they do do that like no is like a really strong word in this case but yeah. you know um then you have your single-celled life then you have your first multicellular mm. life you have your ants that go up to dogs you know and things like that so brains to me are the ways in which that we know on earth matter arranges itself best for conscious sure. experience yeah no i mean like i think on this like line of thought therefore if you kind of modify the rest of your body in some way then 
mm-hmm. what happens to like your mentality or whatever it is but if you modify your brain are you are you counting the brain as not part of the body no but i mean like you've kind of mentioned that like the the brain is the matter from which you know mentality stems from so there's obviously mentality in other parts in this theory Mm. like like I experience sensation in my hand mm. and stuff. Obviously, the way that I'm experiencing that sensation is processed through my brain, but there, there is some mm. communication going through here. And that that is some kind of knowledge thing. That's information. Yeah. So when you get tattooed, the pain and the ink and you get the pain, it transmits to your brain and your brain goes, that yeah. hurts. Ouch. <laughs> On that note, when people ask me, does it hurt getting the tattoos? I don't know what to say back to that. No, it was fine. I had needles jabbed into me for three hours and it was a perfectly painless experience. <laughs> Did it hurt? Uh, duh. Needles are going in at like 50 to 3,000 times a second. It's gonna hurt. I don't know what they think I'm gonna say. <laughs> like, I think maybe they want to know how badly it hurts but when it's when the question is is it painful full stop mm. it really makes me question what they think getting a tattoo <laughs> mm. so would you say that getting tattoos kind of in some way change your mental like capacity for mentality or mentality in any way which is the transhumanist i don't think it's affected my mentality in like the way that we conventionally think about mentality as a the experience of sapience and all that Mm. but I think it definitely changed my perception of myself Mm. my my self-image it kind of it's expression right yeah my interpretation of what I am like has gotten more externalized in some kind of tangible way on my body which is how I would frame affecting my mentality in heavy air quotations because I don't really know no this is very heavy air quotes this is an informal podcast (laughs) (laughs) this is pretty interesting anyway this is kind of where i wanted to go and it's also written for Cher because yeah like last episode Cher basically wrote for me Mm -hmm. or like with things that you think i know about and i've written (laughs) this one with things that she probably knows quite a bit about too i didn't know about (laughs) (laughs) self-transcendence who did who did i didn't know until like a week ago i genuinely did not expect personality trait to be the things that followed you saying (laughs) self-transcendence i thought it would be like a phenomenon maybe yeah no me too i'd also thought maybe more to do with philosophy but psychology it seems yeah no this is apparently a trait of certain people which Mm. is strange it's giving (laughs) x-men it's giving x-men that it is There's a lot of sci-fi. You know, that's a big part of transhumanism, sci-fi. Sci-fi is great, though. It is. And a lot of, like, how we've been able to kind of, like, contend with, like, what would it mean for us is through sci-fi and through, like, as well with CGI, I guess. Is CGI... No, it's not. If you, like, modify the body on a computer, but it's not, like, the the real body. I'm just hearing what you're telling me about uh, transhumanism, but it seems to me that the things that would be applicable to this is alterations to the physical body. Yeah, I think so too. But I think it's an interesting question about how kind of we've dealt with that. Virtual alterations to the physical body. That's a really good segue. Hold on. It's the best segue to the next game. So the next game is a true or false. And it's about like different ways, like different existing ways that we've modified our bodies. 
um, using science. And it's a little bit of questions about the science. So this is one that you'll probably be able to get like right away. So correct me if I'm wrong, but tattoos work by injecting ink into the skin so deep that it stays there. False. That's not how it yes. works. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's what people think. That's what people think. Yep. But actually what's happening is the ink goes in there and your body is continually fighting the ink until you die. Yeah. That's really metal. But in the act of fighting the ink, it keeps it because the little immune cells mm -hmm. that eat up the ink, the ink stays in them. And that's how you still see pigment. And when they die, other immune cells come and eat it up. So in the act of trying to get rid of it, they actually preserve it, which is a bit ironic. The futility of our immune systems. <laughs> the futility of the transhumanism and its oncoming onslaught <laughs> onto our bodies and how we're going to be fighting it, but it's going to be there regardless and that in fighting it, we're going to keep it with us. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. Again, very fun. Uh, tattoo ink, a lot of common mis like misconceptions about it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Cher's going to know what really happens because Cher's a nerd. <laughs> and when she got tattooed, she probably looked it up. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one, which probably is going to provide a little bit more debate. Elon Musk has been testing his Neuralink brain chips, uh -huh. which was launched in 2016, using mice. True or false? Using mice. Yeah. Okay, so there are many places where this sentence could be yep. wrong. There's only one part that's wrong. It could be the date. It could be not Elon Musk. It could be not brain chips. It could not be mice. Is it one of those things that I listed and that's wrong? One of the things that you've listed are wrong, yeah. Okay. Only one, though. Only, there's only one thing that's wrong with a sentence. So the rest of it is correct, apart from one bit. I'm gonna guess that it wasn't on mice. That's correct. It was not on mice. But what was it on? I don't know, man. Guess. <laughs> was it a mammal? Yeah. Uh, did it have a large brain? Yeah, it was a pretty big brain primates yeah oh okay monkeys or apes monkeys okay do i have to guess the specific monkey no it just said monkeys it just said well, i was looking into it and it just said monkeys okay in may this of this year he got approved for human testing so elon musk and him and like and like i think seven other um big brain people um it's like scientists big brain people they started Neuralink which is going to create a chip that interfaces directly with your brain. And they were testing it on monkeys. What does it do? What, does the, what is the chip's purpose? So they've given it as kind of like a treating paralysis and blindness. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, at first. And then they later said that they want to, like the long-term goal is for artificial intelligence. Right. He said that, okay, so Elon Musk, this is a quote, says that he thinks um it will be, something uh, analogous to a video game like a saved game situation where you're able to resume and upload your last state this is both a rick and morty and a black mirror episode <laughs> <laughs> like this is a sci-fi trope isn't it it absolutely is and it got approved for human testing in may crazy Do you know how insane that is absolutely wild genuinely wild well, the treating paralysis and blindness first is mm -hmm. what the sources say, aka, you know, their website. And um, I also have a few Guardian articles and some news articles, which are pretty insistent on debating like the ethics of it, because... Um, I think that's a fair debate to have. Yeah. Where <laughs> does the kind of, what is the, um, by adding machine to like the human brain, is it 
the human brain anymore it's like the kind of like when you you know that debate about like replacing parts of a ship and then at what point is that ship an entirely new ship yeah the ship of theseus yeah we kind of value the kind of humanity the original ship of theseus yeah so there's a paper that's really famous in the philosophy of mind which i'm gonna keep i'll talk about philosophy of mind again go for it no continue it is very that i recently wrote an essay on this so derek parfit wrote four major chapters of this book explaining what matters for the survival of the mind there's a big question of whether continuity like memory uniqueness like oneness so this is about personal identity and not whether like it's a mind like we're just going to take it's a mind or there is a mind straightforward the ship of theseus kind of um connection to this is um i don't know if you guys know about the teletransporter so the idea is yeah person goes into a teletransporter they've done it many times they're going back and forth from earth to mars but one time it fails um and the guy just stays on earth and he was like hey it didn't work i was like no it did work you are on mars but this version of you didn't get destroyed and the question is who's you which one is the original guy because the replicant has the complete same memories and everything same brain yeah it's just duplicated same brain same everything same brain Mm -hmm. very difficult and interesting questions something to be said because like we we immediately kind of want to say that like the, the replicant guy is like qualitatively the same guy yeah as the original guy which means there's something about physical continuity that isn't the thing that maintains human identity mm. and both of them went through the same experience of the failed teletransporter so except one yeah. ended up on earth and one that ended up on mars so that's like the the fundamental divergence in my eyes Mm-hmm. The experience of the teletransporter means that yes. neither of them can be the original. Um, I mean, no, I think like the guy who stayed on Earth is the original because he didn't have a split. He didn't have a split. It was one the yeah. whole time. But he still had the experience of it going wrong. Yes. So every single different state of the person is different, yeah. right? No one is going to have the exact same state of their body, of their mind, always. For sure. So the ship of Theseus thing, like we talk about this all the time, like our skin changes in two weeks. Our bones are different every seven years-ish. And we don't really look at our bodies and conventionally think, I think like we can obviously think like my body now is not the same body as I had 10 years ago. Mm. But to think that basically all of my body or most of my body was not part of what I considered to be my body 10 years ago. And we don't really have a problem with that Mm. in terms of ascribing our ownership of this body. So the ship of Theseus thing is like, perhaps, and this is not usually my approach to philosophical questions, um, but for the sake of what we're talking about, like, what does it matter? Maybe it doesn't. Mm. Um, Even if it is a different body, it's the same. Like, it functionally, we can still refer to it as the same thing. The difference I think that I see is that, you know, we don't really have any conscious control over the the change. There's nothing we can really do about it, Mm. apart from like messing with it via transhumanist kind of alternatives. And we also see it as whatever the word natural means as part of kind of a process or a chemical, physical process that we can't control. Yeah. So like taking medication, right? Like that's already something that isn't natural but we don't think about it that way wearing glasses also not natural yeah um but both of those things i wear glasses as well for anyone who isn't watching 
I I use a cane. These are all not natural things, but they aid our human existences. Mm. And a lot of these things, well, not the cane thing, but like just taking ibuprofen, taking paracetamol, that's mm. already something that's altering your your body chemistry. Yeah. Um, that's not even talking about things like antidepressants, SSRIs, mood stabilizers, yeah. all of those. I also feel like perhaps it's something to do with, um, I think, partially why transhumanism is so kind of um or we see it as such a huge change is because it is kind of a huge change even though you know we go through a lot of changes this one seems big to us somehow and that's probably there's a difference partially to do with science fiction the idea of like how it's associated with space travel Mm. the turn of the millennium and that kind of hope for the future and the kind of the, the space age is you know what we call it the idea of how far we think that that would have you know that seems like insane as coming from like we kind of saw like homo sapiens as like a primordial species or like grounded or and then you know we we gain the ability to kind of go to space and like leave our home planet which would never have been a single thought for like um homo sapiens living 2000 years ago but I also think the rate of change has accelerated. Um, with industrialization, you see an incredible speed of change. Oh, yeah. And that contributes to how different and expansive it feels, I feel like. Functionally. Yeah. Does changing our bodies remove our, like, make it different? Yeah. Um, in terms of how much of a person are you still? Mm. Um, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it truly doesn't. If, it, if the only thing that it affects is your physical body your health and that secondarily has impacted your mind mm. i think it's like whether it's a direct or a secondary influence right on your mental state mm, could be could be like implanting a brain chip is very different from like getting glasses yeah. i think it's the degrees of separation um mm. but at the same time starting to use tools was already a weird thing yeah it's like oh now we're using things other than our bodies we're using like external implements mm. and when that started evolving to making complex tools using tools to make more tools developing complex language and things like we are we rewiring our brains and our bodies yep. with all of those progressions this is the next step in that very strange that we're doing it artificially <laughs> But it is a progression of human change that I think is probably inescapable. Yeah. Humans were always going to do this if we lasted this long. I'm going to quote A.J.P. Taylor for all the historians who love me. He's a very famous World War One and like um, 20th century historian. And he said, nothing is inevitable until it happens. And he's pretty famous for this quote because everyone disagrees. Um, and I think that now that it's a paradigm, it's very hard to escape. Um, and I feel like, it's such an interesting topic and there's a lot more that we can probably say a lot more than hu- the rest of like human science can probably say about it as well um and as well mm. with e- let's see the results of um musk's testing of his chip let's we'll see how that pans out and there'll probably be even more research um feeding off of that humans have a tendency to kind of like feed off of each other and kind of anyway yeah that's mm. probably brings us to a natural conclusion excellent how fun. Did you like the episode? I did like the episode. <laughs> I felt like it really was <laughs> pandered for me. <laughs> I tried to, I was thinking of you. No, 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 for real. With that, thank you for listening to the Gifted Kid Complex. If you have enjoyed this episode of our podcast and would like to support us, a very simple way to do so is to just let people know that we're here um, and subscribe so you can come back every week. 
and rate and review us so others can find us too. We always appreciate hearing anything you, our listeners, have to say. It's always really lovely to hear good things about what you're making and know what your audience would like to see in the future. If you'd like to contact us, for example, to make any suggestions or share some interesting stuff with us, you can do so via the link tree in our show notes. And if you're able to, we also have um, a Kofi. Yeah, Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. If you'd like to send us a tip, um, it is linked in our show notes. Alongside any references to topics we discussed today, if you'd like further reading, we'd really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your support. Yeah, for now, we'll release a few short bonus episodes as and when made out of the fascinating tangents that landed on the cutting room floor for free. <laughs> and if we gain enough traction and support, we might be able to make even more exclusive content for our lovely regular supporters one day too. So if that piques your interest, you know where to go. The Gifted Kid Complex is created and managed by Cher C and both Cher and I. Uh, Tayasi host, write, produce, um, and edit for the show. Well, Shell will be editing most of the episodes, so thank you very much uh, to her. <laughs> I had a really good time uh, writing this episode. Um, we record our episodes on Riverside.fm and publish with RSS.com. So, uh, big, big thank yous to them for helping us make the Gift the Kid Complex exist. And finally, thank you to you, our listeners, because you are the reason we can and do make the Gift Kid Kid Complex. We have so much fun with it and we hope you love it too. See you next week. Well, see you actually. There'll be three episodes released um, and this will be one of the three. Yeah. Um, and we should be releasing weekly on Tuesday. So see you then. Yes. Also, it's the 3rd of July and we were going to release on the 4th, but <laughs> it is definitely the 11th when you're listening to this. <laughs> I've been in I've been on a vacation for a while so very unfortunately we didn't get to record that much because I couldn't schlep my mic on the plane <laughs> yeah we would have recorded the podcast on the plane otherwise <laughs> with the baby crying in the back yeah that would have made a really good episode of a gift that kid is a gifted kid he was crying for an hour straight holy shit yeah he was unhappy poor thing um anyway thank you very much for listening see you next week bye